Hi, I'm Melanie, and this is Cake or Death, a place where we'll engage folks from different walks of life sharing their crazy stories and doing so over dessert because life is always worth celebrating and it's cake, people. This first episode is all about Sarah Lee. And I kid you not, that is her actual name. She's an American citizen, a teacher, and a single mother of three who has been living in Ukraine for the past five years, when she was forced to evacuate and flee to multiple countries. Now she is in Albania, teaching her Ukrainian students online. So grab a slice with me, and let's dig into her story on how the heck she has escaped Ukraine twice. You told us a little bit about yourself. You're you're teaching kindergarten in Albania for the Ukraine kids, and you're teaching kindergarten to the Kiev kids right now. And you've been living in Albania for how long? I've been in Albania for two months. It's very hot here. It's very sunny. If you love tropical, this is your place. It's not the yeah. place for me because I have a very toxic relationship with the sun. He keeps trying to give me skin cancer, and I keep trying to run away from him. But apparently he just hangs out here all the time. So I'm just like constantly surrounded by (laughs) So we're working on our relationship in Albania right now. So I think everyone wants to know a little bit more about you. And more importantly, what are we having for dessert? What's our cake? What's our cake for today, Sarah? What are you having? All right. There, I feel like there might be some judgment. I'm not going to lie. I have, I have to do, I have to do two truths real quick. My name is Sarah Lee, and I know I sell famous pastries, but I do not like cake. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Don't hold that gosh. Oh, no. get, get out of here. Get off. Get off this are station you, right now. Are you ready for one more that probably I've lost many friends over the years because of this is I actually don't like chocolate. So <laughs> no chocolate cake for me. I, okay. I am eating. I'm going to get some Pennsylvania Schneider's ginger snaps. Ginger snaps. Yeah. Why did you pick ginger snaps? What what? How does that encapsulate Sarah Lee? Well, I'm kind of spicy and soft. I it just you know they're beautiful. Like they always make you feel home. You bite into a ginger snap, you're taken to Christmas. You're taking you're taken to fall. You're taken to all of these wonderful warm like senses and spices, and it just instantly brings you there. I like that. Well, what are you those, eating? Well, oh. I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you my surprise dessert for you. For, the, for those who don't know Sarah, she is pro-vegan, no gluten or hardly gluten. This veggie gorgeous of a redhead goddess. So <laughs> I know for her, eating any sort of dessert is a tall order because she's not really much into sweets. <laughs> but I appreciate her. But did you, you know what cake I have in honor of you today, Sarah? I'm thinking, is it is it a zucchini muffin? Uh, well, I was... Funny enough, I was going to do the vegan gluten-free zucchini muffins with some frosting that you that you know I bake for you and that's delicious, but mm-hmm. I ran I ran out. So and so instead, I went to a random shop that when I was in my travels, and I went to a place called Mary's Cakery, Ooh. which is in Virginia. Yeah, but it's a small in a small town in Virginia, and you know what I got? I it. For this, I got some German chocolate cake. <gasps> oh, I actually do kind of like a little bit of German chocolate cake. Oh, man. 
Did yeah. you taste the coffee coming through? Do you taste yes. the coffee? It, it is delicious. It is delicious. So I got us some German chocolate cake because, and why this is reminding me of you is I know you don't necessarily like chocolate, but it, it really is, it sums up where you grew up in Pennsylvania. So yeah. Sarah, for those that don't know, Sarah grew up in Pennsylvania Dutch area and Dutch land area. So she had an Oma and Opa and German chocolate cake reminds me of that part of Pennsylvania and that those roots. So that's why I picked it, even though it's a little bit random, but that's actually why I picked it. So cheers, Sarah. Let's go ahead and have some hey. cake. Let's go eat, eat some cake together. You and I are both in Pennsylvania right now, just enjoying some love. Mel, this is delicious. You got to eat it. You know what's awesome about German chocolate cake is that there's actually coffee in it. A lot of people don't know that is there's actually like a like they don't put as much chocolate in it. It's more like the chocolate's not so much for the flavoring as it is. It's the coffee, the coffee. flavoring that comes through. And and there's one other thing that you both need to know that everyone should know is that both Sarah and I love coffee. I mean, mm-hmm. love love it, love it, love it. Your favorite is from Stubtown, right? Oh man, Stumptown coffee, hands down, best coffee in the world. And me, uh, I'm- I'm equal opportunity. I'm equal opportunity as long as it has caffeine. It tastes like coffee. I will drink it. I got it. You got it. I got. I'm going to rock your world next time uh, I see you. I'm going to bring some Stumptown. You're just going to be so. so I need to go ahead and travel to Albania to go get mm-hmm. some Oregon coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's just so good. Oh well. Speaking of Stumptown, I have a crazy story. If you're up for it, that involves Stumptown coffee. Of course, it involves Stumptown because why not? Are you ready? You up for a crazy story? Here's this crazy side story. Let's go for it. Okay. So, well, I'm eating my. I evacu- you're good. So the war broke out in Ukraine, and it was in February. It was, and I'm I'm going to be honest. I was a hardcore denier. I was like, "There's no way that this is going to happen. People are crazy." And so I decided to take a little mini vacation with one of my kids, and we went to Bulgaria and Romania. Love Bulgaria, by the way. Delicious coffee. And I was going to drop my kid off, and then I was going to go back to Kiev just to like get everything ready. And and that's when I found out the war broke out, and so I was kind of stuck. I shouldn't say stuck. Tbilisi, Georgia is a beautiful place to be stuck. If you have to be stuck somewhere, it's underrated. It's amazing. But I was there when the war broke out. And there were about 60,000 Ukrainians and Russians kept coming in every day to evacuate. So fast forward a little bit later, I was assuming that this war was going to be over quite quickly. You know, I know the Ukrainians, they're amazing. They're strong, very intelligent very stoic and it didn't and so the school that I worked at had 900 students around like around 900 estimating and then now we are down to 100 Um, we had a faculty of like 50 plus teachers and now we're down to under 20 you're down to under 20 did I hear that right under 20 yeah wow because you know we're it's hard like these kids during this entire war, never missed the day of school. And it's it's difficult to 
as a teacher, like it, it drains you because every day I'm like, please log in. Like I'm making sure all of my kids are okay because you were watching the news and all the teachers and it's stressful and it's this horrific thing happening. And you see these kids that are like, I'm ready to learn. Uh, and at that point I was teaching third grade and they're like, the only way out of my situation, the only way to make my country better is for me to get a good education. And I, I think I was in culture shock. There was like, we did not take a day off from the time the war started. to we just kept plowing through the whole school year. We didn't even take a moment. And I think uh, there were like two days where I was just in complete shock and I was starting to show some videos and I had a Ukrainian parent call me out. She's like, this is what I need from you. We need to make sure that my my child is successful because this child was trying to skip a grade. And so I was doing all this extra work to make sure they were successful. And he actually did at the end of the year, the school year, he was able to to skip a full grade. He was was amazing. Full grade, even through the trauma that Kiev is having. Yeah, it's, it was like they did, they couldn't leave. No one could leave because they didn't want to leave their, their sons. They didn't want to leave their husbands. And so, and I get it now, like after being out of the country and being out of your home, you just want to go home and you can't. And it's hard. Like these, these people are amazing. And I had perfect attendance the rest of the school year. And I think, you know, my own personal, my own children, you know, they'll be like, Oh, can I just have like a day off? And I'm like, no, this is your job. You're going to school, you know? And then I have these kids that are like every day they show up, they're on time every day. And they're, we're talking through complex things happening in their world. We're talking about the war. We're talking about Putin. And it's like, you are on hyper alert to make sure these kids are emotionally supported and they're academically supported. And so that's very draining. And so we had a bunch of teachers. They just, they couldn't do it anymore. And so they went out to different schools and I worked for a large corporation to teach online and to teach online to students in a war. You have to be willing to meet students where they are and you can't, you have to take your ego out, you know, because these kids aren't going to have great days every day. And you just have to know that when they get angry or when they're stressed, it's not because of you, it's because of some external factor. Okay. But that brings me to our point though. You've been living in Kiev for the past, you know, four or five years and you narrowly escaped the first time around when Russia first infiltrated into the Ukraine. And then I I had a ticket to go back that Saturday and they invaded Thursday and I had no internet Friday and I was just ready to go. I got out. I'm lucky. I'm so lucky. But then you went back in. And that's okay. The, and that's okay. the crazy part. And then, so we're learning about the story of you going, getting out of Kiev, and and I kudos to you for, and kudos to the Ukrainian citizens and their children that bring them their best selves every single day with perfect attendance and still wanting and eager to learn to better their situation. And you're teaching right now, teaching from afar. And, you know, fast forward now, that was back in February and early March. And now fast forward to where we are today, which is in mid-October. And you went back in. Okay. (laughs) So what made you go back? There hasn't really been bombing since June, right? And... I'm a sucker for statistics and and I do odds. And I was 
talking to all my friends still in Kiev and, you know, they're like, oh, it's so safe. It's amazing. And then, you know, everything is back. And, you know, I'll be honest, my, my eyebrow lady in Kiev is the, one of the most amazing humans. She can make anyone look good. She just, and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to do that. And they do the best teeth cleaning. So I was like, okay, that'd be great. Like I get all these things done. And to be honest, I need my car. Like where I am in Toronto, it's not an easy place to live without a it is if you don't have kids and you need to attend events. But because everything's so far away and the school is, my kids are, are with me in Toronto and they're going to this international school, but it's so far away from where we live. And you you just can't survive there without a car. And I already have a car and it was in Kiev. So I assumed, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can be so quick. You won't even notice. On a Friday, last Friday, I was like, okay. I'm going to do it. So I booked a plane to Warsaw. I was going in with some friends. Yeah. Well, I, I flew to Warsaw. It was crazy. So the Albanian airport, Albania is very nice. I would not say it's known for its airport or it's, I don't know, be, being on time. So I'm sitting there hanging out with these Albanians and my first flight got delayed by two hours. And I'd only had a three hour layover to catch my next flight. And I'm talking to this wonderful Albanian girl next to me. She's like, oh, you're flying a really good airline. And I was like, the airline just canceled and they're two hours late. She's like, that's actually not that bad. And I was like, so then I get to, where was I? And I was flying to Italy and then from Italy to Warsaw. And that flight was another hour delayed. Like it was just, it was like nonstop delayed. And at this point, I finally get into Warsaw one o'clock in the morning. And then at 6 a.m. the next day, I'm, I'm driving out with my crew and we're going to meet really good friends of mine in Ukraine. And they drive me the eight hours from the border to... And so we get there and everything's peaceful. Fall is hit. The leaves are beautiful. There's no bombs. It's just like you never left. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is why this country is amazing. Because Ukraine is actually... It's called the breadbasket of Europe, right? Like everything is grown there. It's very fertile. It's kind of like going to Iowa, really. It's, it's mostly... Ukraine is mostly farmers. And so I get in and the first thing I do, of course, is go to my coffee lady and she recognizes me. She's like, I've missed you. And I get my pumpkin spice latte in Kiev. Uh, okay. You know. So you have a coffee lady. <laughs> I love it. Of course, <laughs> you, of course you do, Sarah. You go to Kiev. Oh. There's my coffee lady. I have a hookup. Don't forget about it. Mm-hmm. And so then I go back and I meet all my babushkas and my door ladies and everyone in my apartment. So I start packing up my apartment because the company that I work for, they're no longer going to pay for my apartment after December. And so I'm going to pack some stuff up and I had to grab my coffee mug. I needed my coffee mug in my car and my kids toys and my veggie peeler. Cause you know, those are priorities in life. Um, so, you're, so you go back to Kiev to go get your car and in there mm-hmm. you're packing, you're packing up your, your stuff to leave because you have, because the rent there will no longer be paid for. Once you yeah after December and I had told my employers I was like I can I can leave now pack everything up and then you can move my stuff to the school and then they can use this money to pay for like our local staff because we only have a hundred students and we had we kept all of our Ukrainian staff and so this is their only way to make money and so I'm trying to like save as much money as I can so they can pay them and keep paying them. And so that was my goal is to get my car, save money and get everything. And so I go to bed that night. Everything's magical. It's wonderful. I have a video of the leaves falling down in the park. And like, there's a bouncy house at the park right across from me. And um, 
I asked some people, I said, do I need to download this, this uh, bomb app? And they said, no, no, if you want to sleep, don't download it. But I hear the bomb sirens going off all night. And I'm thinking like, this just must be normal. And then I found out that's when Ukraine, or not Ukraine, that's when the bridge to Crimea was bombed. I woke up the next day and just hearing the sirens, not, not thinking anything. I've never lived through this. And so I made my Stumptown coffee. I'm so happy to be there because I have all of my things, you know, that, that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And I'm at my window next to my refrigerator drinking my Stumptown coffee when all of a sudden it was like this, you don't even hear it. You feel it first, it felt like. It's like when you open the oven and all of that heat comes out at you uh, full force. And I'm sitting there with my cup of coffee and all of my this heat comes in through my window. All of the screens pop off and fall off in my apartment. My refrigerator jumps. It starts making noise. And beer bottles in my kitchen cracked because I was, I was trying to give food away, give beer away, and they cracked. And so I'm on the floor because the heat had pushed me back so much, still saving my cup of coffee. Oh my and it was like I had a moment. I'm on the floor. And I was like, did I just imagine that? And I'm thinking, like, did I just have like, you don't, it doesn't seem real. And so then I'm texting my friends. And I was like, did you hear that? And their windows, in, in my apartment complex, all of the windows were broken out um, on the backside. And I went down, I don't know if I'm stupid or what, but I just went down and I was like, should I go down below the building? I'm trying to think like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And I just went out and I see everyone. It's just like a casual day. And yeah, no one's freaking out everyone's fine. They're all walking around. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down the stairwell and go get my screens, I guess. And I'm talking to everybody and they're laughing and joking. It's like, this is life for them. Nothing has changed. And I go down and grab my screens and I come back and we just have a good time. And then the person that's helping me pack up my house, because I have so much stuff said, yeah, the bombs are hitting. And apparently, so I live near a school, the school that I work for. And then I also live near a hospital. And they bombed right behind the hospital. Oh, geez. So I went out later, starting to pack up my car. My, my friend came and she's like, we don't really need to go under the underground and wait it out or we can get our work done. And I was like, I guess I'm not going to leave you here. I'm going to stay here and pack up my house with you. And she's a wonderful human. And so I went out and I started packing up and I noticed my windshield is cracked in my car. Oh, my. And, and so I had a little... From the blast. From and the you blast. see like people, all the, you just see these people. It's like life moves on. If you ever have a chance to read, it's called The Humankind. It's about like human kindness and, and how people react to war and how actually war brings people together. It was like that. It was like people were helping each other clean up the glass. You know, I saw like the military, the Ukrainian military going around and helping all of these people, all of these elderly people. Like, what can I do for you? Let me write this down. And they're going to help. You know, like whenever there's something horrific happening, you just look for the helpers, like Mr. Rogers had said. And, and they were just helping each other. It was one big community. And so <laughs> I, I did read that book, by the way. That was a book. Did you want- I did. It's a great book, Humankind by Rucker Bregman. Yeah. And, and it's fantastic. And it does show that through the, those times of adversity, how the human spirit just prevails. And and it also tries to make light of the situation. It talks about the times during World War II where 
you know, they would share their bomb stories as if it was the weather. And the English folks would be like, well, this Thursday, it's a bit blitzy today. <laughs> they carry on. And it, it it's hilarious. A, a, a really fun and fun read. And it gives you hope, right? Like, yeah. You know, like whether you're looking for horribleness, like horrible or adversity or hope, you're going to find what you're looking for. And so that book kind of gave it to you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So you keep going. That so you witnessed that then in, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you witnessed no, that into where you were in Kiev, that there were helpers out there ready to, ready to help. Ready Everyone, to help. every. They're pulling together. They're working together to help each other. And so then the people that I was supposed to drive with, they kind of, they were, they pieced out. They said, hey, we are leaving now. You can come with us if you want, but we're leaving now. We were supposed to leave two days later and they got freaked out enough. And I, and I get it, you know, it, it was scary. Like I had a moment, I'm, I'm pretty calm, chill, level-headed person. And they said, we're leaving right now. You can come with us. And I, I volunteered to take a Ukrainian friend back with me to Albania. And I was like, and I texted her and she wasn't ready. And I'm not one to leave people. I just can't do that. And so they left and they went down to Moldova and there were, there were 40 rockets coming to Ukraine that time. And so you just heard the sirens all day long. There were initially like 84 or something, but the Ukrainians were able to shoot down 40 of them. And so I was thinking, well, the roads are going to be packed. It's going to be crazy. I don't want to be driving when there's bombs. I will wait and leave the next day. And so I left the next day with my Ukrainian friend um, and we're driving and she doesn't drive, which is fine. You know, I, I, it was, it's 25 hours from Kiev to Tirana. I got oh this. There's God. enough coffee in the world. But so as we're go ahead. Let me pause right here, though, because there's something, there's two interesting things that you've mentioned in regards to this. One is, I don't want to forget the fact that the bomb was targeting the hospital. Does that seem yeah. accurate to you? It, the hospital is next to a military base, so I can't tell you with 100% certainty that that's what it was targeting, because I don't know. But I will tell you that same day, there was another bomb that went right off next to the park where I take my kids. Oh, jeez. Downtown, and the pictures of that were horrific. Like, you, you know, there's dead bodies, and... I'm going down there, like, there's my favorite gin bar, you know, like, I take my kids during the day, and then there's my gin bar. It was, it was hard. It was, it's hard to see these peaceful people being bombed, and they didn't do anything. No one did anything. You know, like, that's just the crazy part. Those, th those people did not do anything. They are just, they, they are the victims in in this horrific situation. And yeah. I didn't, want, I mean, I didn't want to discount that because of where, of where you are proximity to school, proximity to a hospital and, and that experience. Well, it's interesting. Like I think was it two weeks before as I'm driving through Ukraine, like you see the people selling mushrooms. And I think it was like two or three weeks ago, these two girls, were killed mushroom hunting because it was a, they left a mine, like some kind of like a bomb or mine, mine 
And they tripped it. And these two girls, I think they were like 12 and 14, died. You know, like you think just the bombs, but then there's all of this stuff to pick up afterwards. Another thing that you've mentioned to me that I wanted to, to touch on real quick was the fact that you came in with with friends from and you flew in from Italy to Warsaw and drove from Warsaw, Poland to the border of Ukraine and drove then the eight hours to get to Kiev. And then mm-hmm. those friends leave you. How, how did that make you feel or what were your thoughts during that time, that crucial time? I think, I think empathy is a double-edged sword, right? And you can't, not everybody can meet you on your level, your emotional level or your level of understanding or your standards. And they were scared. And I, and I get that, you know, like they have, they, both of them had kids in my mind. Like I was like, I can do this. I feel strong enough. It's like, I can do this on my own. I'm not leaving my Ukrainian friend and they got to go. So I think it, it hurt a little bit, but I still understand why they did it. You know, like you're looking out for your family. You're, you're scared enough. You're going to go, right. They're, they're going to peace out. So I understand I'm not angry or anything, but it was, it definitely made me rethink my actions. Cause I was still like, I'll just leave in two days. I'm glad that they made it out. I'm glad they're safe. You know, like in the end, it's just everyone needs to be safe and they needed to do what they needed to, to do to feel safe in that situation. I, I feel strong enough to be honest, like them, you and I've known each other for a very long time. And <laughs> I feel as though our childhood had prepared us for anything. Like yeah. I, I have gone through in the last three years, I have gone through a divorce. I have gone through teaching through COVID and now evacuating a war. And now I just had a bomb thrown at me. So it's almost like this five-year-old is writing this horror story and I'm the main character. So I was like, whatever, I got this, you know, like you just, you either go into, I got this or I'm going to freak out and go mode. And I got this. And, and you did. I can only imagine how, how difficult it is and how crazy it is in the first place. But you, but going back now to where you, where we left off in that you're about to leave Kiev, you have a broken windshield and you left with your friend Lupa and, and you're now back in, you're back in, you're in the car and you're, you're ready to go. So we're driving and she is not the best navigator. She doesn't drive. Fine. I can do it. I'm pretty good. You know, I put some music on. I just, for me, if I have music and coffee, I can, I can tackle anything. And so we're driving out and as we're driving, her phone's going off and there are bomb alerts and the sun is coming up and I pull into a gas station real quick um, just to grab a cup of coffee, get ready for the day. And then we start driving again. And as each town, as we're driving, there's bomb alerts going. And you can actually, as you're driving, you see all the gas stations are closed because they're afraid they're going to get bombed. And all of the people at the gas station that work there and everyone is out of their house. There's, there's nowhere for these people to go. They're out of their houses. They are hoping these bombs don't hit them. And my friend Luba, who's lovely, she's acting like she's on a tourist. She's like, oh, they're bombing here. I'm going to take a photo. And she's like taking photos 
And I'm just like, okay, we're going to do this. And so I put some Vampire Weekend on, drink some of my coffee, and then I just keep driving. And the bombs keep following me the whole way. So what and Vampire then, Weekend song was playing while all this was going on? Oxford comma. I was like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, all right. Had this, um, so finally I get down, like I'm like an hour from the Hungarian border. And I pull over to the side of the road because I got to pee and we're in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. And I'm sitting there peeing on the side of the road and I see this rocket just go straight up into the air. And I don't know if it's from us shooting a rocket down. I don't know if it's from Russia, from the Black Sea. I have no idea. But at that point, I was just like, yep, I got to go. It was, I just got back in the car and there was hardly anyone on the road. It was bare because everyone was hunkering down and everyone was leaving. They had already, they were leaving, but they were leaving their houses and going to like their bunker areas. And I finally get out. I go to the Hungarian border. It was an, in- it's an interesting country. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit hard because right before the war started, they negotiated for really cheap gas. And so I think they knew. I, it's just interesting. Like the crossing guard, the border guards didn't believe me that a bomb would hit near my car. And they were in denial. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. I'm like, well, here's your proof. Do you want me to show my address in Kiev and I'll show you where my car was parked? And they said, no, 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 it's okay. It was just, it's strange, but they didn't seem like it wasn't a big deal to them. And, you know, and you can't, not all people represent their country as I know, but it was just, there was no, there was no sympathy. There was no genuineness. It was like, this is my life. Yeah, that sucks. But this is what I'm doing. I don't have time for to hear about this war happening. It was, it was just a fascinating thing. Whereas the other countries were great. You know, like I, I drove through Serbia, I drove through Kosovo and then to Albania and everyone was lovely. I mean, even leaving, even leaving Hungary, like the border guards were nice. It was just, it was a different experience. Go the border guards from Ukraine to Hungary. And then like the people, you know, in the countryside, cause you know, like wherever you go in the world, country people are the same. City people are the same. I think they've done statistics where if you have visited more than 20 places, anything after that is it kind of it's not as exciting, right? Everything after you've been to 20 amazing places in your life, mm-hmm. it loses its appeal. And so I think like for me, like wherever I go, people pretty much are the same in the country. People are pretty much the same in the city. The only thing that divides people is like this piece of paperwork they call a passport, you know. So it's just different. So that was my experience of escaping Kiev on uh, my most recent stupidest deci- stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that this was the stupidest decision of your life? I think I have a, a, a I hope I have a much longer life to go. Um, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you the best conversation. So Luba, who I'm with, I forgot this part. You will enjoy this as you are uh, a believer of faith. Is Luba's like, I was like, I think we really need to go fast. And she's like, it's okay. We have the shield of God protecting us. And I said, Luba, I love you. And I, I, I don't think God likes me very much. I've had a very challenging time period. And she's like, he loves you. And I was like, I'm sure he loves me very much. 
but I just don't feel like he likes me. And I'm looking at these bombs as they're coming as we're driving. And she's like, he's okay. We'll be fine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just like thinking like, I love all my kids, you know, like uh, it was just fascinating to me. But that was, that cracked me up. You being a believer and I, I'm not really a believer. I know. Yep. And, and that's okay. But was she right? Were you safe? We were safe. And, you know, I had, uh, I had you, I was texting and I had another friend who's also a believer. And I, I was scared a bit to the point that I asked you guys, like, you got to pray for me. You know, like, even though I'm not a believer, I believe, you know, if it's going to work for you, like, I will take any amount to get out of my situation. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Like for me to ask somebody to pray for me, that was, that's all, that's when you know that I'm just a little uneasy. That you're shaking up. Yeah. Like that bomb in the kitchen really, the bomb in the kitchen, who, what kind of people would bomb near a school in a hospital? Like, why would you do that? I don't understand what kind of people would bomb near a school in a hospital. Like these people that are, that are sending these bombs they're they also probably have kids. Like they also probably have grandparents, you know, like, and I know it's not everyone, but it's sad that they're not imagine what they're going. I can't imagine like, if you don't do this, we're going to shoot you. You know, like, I don't know. We don't know everything that's happening. We only know our perspective of what we see. So I, I just hope this war ends soon. And I hope that. I hope that a change happens in Russia because I think most people don't want this war, but you can't, it's hard. Like everyone's like, well, they have all these Russians need to go back to Russia and they need to protest. But as soon as you protest, the Russian police kill you or they send you off to go kill Ukrainians. So what are your options? What would you tell your husband? What would you tell your son? Like, oh, you need to go protest if you don't protest you're a horrible person. Or would you tell them, I need you to get out? I need you to get to safety so that one day you can take care of our family. And it's just, it's fascinating. Like there's like this anger and sorrow for all of these people in this country. And it's, it's a conflicting thing. Remember you telling me when you were escaping um, mm-hmm. yeah, to get to Hungary that you felt like you were in a Val Kilmer movie that you had all oh. these rockets and bombs <laughs> going off behind you as you were driving to the border. Oh, dear lord it was like there were explosions and there was like i was just in my mind i was like val kilmer between the two vans the explosions going off cool as a cucumber and he's probably drinking a soda like it's just, it just like all right this is how i'm going out and then and luba's next to me she's like it's fine taking photos the whole time this woman is taking photos like we are on a vacation trip and there's bombs and her phone's going off. And she's like, oh, the bomb is over here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Drinking my coffee. I got this. I got this. We're good. Just like got this. So calm. Yeah. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. I just, I'm, just, I'm looking back now. At the time, it was like, you can't think about it because you're like, all right, this is ridiculous. This is just funny. Like, you have to, you have to go with it because, you know, like, Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And you just, the only thing you can control is how you respond to what's happening to you. 
first album, I'm on the second Vampire Weekend album. And I was like, if I'm going out, I'm going out drinking coffee and listening to music in my car, smiling. Because, so, you know, like, you can't change you, anything. There's nothing you can change. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you can't. So I, I missed that. I heard, repeat, oh. Oh, if you could, for a little bit, one more time. You mentioned something about. Well, we'd finished the first Vampire Weekend album. So that was on the newer one, listening to Harmony. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting. I don't know if I would have picked that as my last album to listen to in my life, but I was I was going to go with it. Whatever. You were going <laughs> to go with it. And it's, and it's okay. There was also some Bob Dylan playing, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand what these saying. And she's trying to improve her English. And, you know, like the times they are changing was playing. And it was, oh, man. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Can I tell you one more story? Can we backtrack? You're, I have ADD and I apologize. That, oh, um, that's okay, Sarah. <laughs> go for it. So when I first got into Kiev, my car was parked at the school and I went and got my car. And um, I'm a huge Beatles fan. And I turned the car on and imagined by John Lennon's playing on, playing there. And so then when I, after I got my coffee and I got my car off, you know, I had painted these beautiful murals all over my hallway in my apartment complex because I kind of get bored with white and you need color and you need life. And life is meant to be expressed through art. And I forgot that before I left, I wrote the quote, everything's going to be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And the John Lennon said that. Mm-hmm. And I think that comfort of hearing that song and seeing that quote on the wall that I'd done and just going in and I was like, it's going to be okay. Everything, everything will work out. It's just, you know, what state we're going to get in when we finally does work out, you know? So that happened. So it was like this sweet thing. And then the Val Kilmer movie, like I had this very sweet story with the Beatles and then here's Val Kilmer and I leaving. And Luba is this beautiful blonde bombshell, by the way. Taking photos, so I actually, I guess I got the girl in the movie. If you think you, you were, you were the single <laughs> queen, and then you had the damsel in distress. But you were oh my just damsels, <laughs> oh just man, escaping out, and and oh. that's and that's fantastic. With with a killer soundtrack of oh Bob Dylan, Beatles, John Lennon, <laughs> John <laughs> Lennon, and some Vampire Weekend. How fun oh, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh if you're gonna you gotta if you're gonna do some stupid things in your life, you gotta have a good soundtrack. Uh, that's a good <laughs> quote. If there's a quote for this particular episode, it is it is that if you're going to do some stupid things in your life, you better have a good soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally true. Oh <laughs> oh my. I, I love you, Sarah. And now we're here eating cake and ginger snaps okay. and having coffee. If there was a lesson in all of this and what you've just experienced, Sarah, because this is all just still really new. This this all happened to you about 72 hours ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, if this is if there's one lesson out of this that you can summarize between the soundtrack, believing <laughs> and not believers, people praying for you to the escape to what you've witnessed, what what would that be to you? I think 
I'm not alone. You know, like I'm texting you and I'm, I'm seeing these crazy things, like horrible things happen every day. And I don't think I would have been as strong. And I'm a pretty strong person. You are. But I don't think I could have done it without you and some other friends checking in on me. You know, like that I do matter. I do. I do have value. Like, you know, we get into this mindset sometimes that we don't, you know, like we're just an island. We're not an island. There's no way that we're an island. We have friends. We have people that love us. And. You know, like when you are going through some difficult things, you really find out who the people that love you are, that love you and who they are and how much they mean to you. And I think I I would do it again. You know, like I I have to do stupid things. You know, if you're not doing stupid things, you're not living. Um, What stories are we going to have to tell when we're 90? Hopefully something 90. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm not alone, you know, and it was like I, I generally felt the love from you. I felt the love from other friends. Like I felt like I have all these people counting on me and that I can do this. And I'm not alone. That's that's what it felt like. It was like I'm just I'm not alone. I'm not by myself on this crazy car ride. I felt like was- I was with you in that car along the way. Um and yeah. we're ad- a bunch of us were advocating for for your safe return. And I'm just so glad that you shared your experience with me and I, I like what you said that if you if we're not sometimes doing stupid things we're not learning we're not living and but we're not alone either in that yeah. so so to that I'm thankful that you're alive I'm thankful for this time together I'm I'm thankful for cake <laughs> and cake and coffee yes oh, and I, I'm thankful that we're saying to death no not today Death? Uh-uh. Not today, baby. <laughs> I hope not anytime soon. But thank you for giving me your strength because sometimes we are blessed with people in our lives that give us strength when we don't always have it. And they're able to give us some. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. So this is the first episode of Cake or Death. And we'll see you next time. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Cake or Death. I hope you like it. And I hope it fills you with all that extra calorie goodness that we're all looking for. If you got a story and you got cake, email me at hicakeplease at gmail.com. Again, hi, H-I, cakeplease at gmail.com. Until next time, live your sweet life because life is always worth celebrating. It's cake, people.